Good evening, Shalom Aleichem. Welcome back to 30 Letters in 30 Days. We have a very special Mazel Tov tonight. Yes, we do. Baruch Hashem. A young man who is uh, someone who I know personally. I got to see him, Baruch Hashem, today at the oil, right after his engagement. Um, of course, we're speaking about Label Shemtov from West Bloomfield, Michigan, who got engaged today to Chaya Eber from S. Diego, California. And we want to wish a mazel tov to his parents, to Levi and Basi Shemtov, who were more than instrumental. The word instrumental does not do justice to how much uh, support and guidance and resources they committed to this project. So if you are enjoying 30 Letters in 30 Days, please wish a mazel tov to the Shemtovs, and that will be in lieu of my going to the Chaim tonight in, uh, in Crown Heights. In fact, I saw Levy today, and after we danced together on Francis Lewis Boulevard, he turned to me and he said, you're not, you're not going to be at the L'chaim tonight. You're going to be giving the shir tonight. you got to know what's important. I said, okay, thank you very good, very much. Very good, and mazel tov, binyan adayad. Anyways, mazel tov to the shamtovs. Um, regarding the learning that's going on, I mentioned last night that there was a get-together here in the Five Towns, where I am on Shlichus, and uh, I spoke with Hani Wallowick today, and she told me how well the event went last night, and she said, could you give us another shout-out? And I said, of course, for the local team, of course, you can give another shout-out to the Noshim Tzidkanyas of the Five Towns. And uh, congratulations on your successful meeting last night. I think they had uh, Dini Greenberg from China who uh, led the discussion of the letters. Uh, also, we should mention in Pittsburgh they're meeting tonight. Yes, Pittsburgh's meeting tonight. The first of three meetings they're going to be having in private homes. So you see it's not too late to get started if you want to have a local group discussing the letters. Also, we want to mention in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, the, let me say the name of the school correctly, Beishana Academy High School in New Haven. They're having a learnathon and they're getting sponsors for their learning of the 30 letters in 30 days, and they're taking the money and sending it to the Shluchim in Ukraine to help the Jewish community there. So that's wonderful. And maybe that's something others can do as well. Okay, um, remember to RSVP for the women's Fabrengen, that is Euler Yud Aleph Nissen, that's uh, Monday night, April 11th, at the Oil. A uh, special venue has been secured one block away from the Oil for a women's gathering, but space is extremely limited, so please RSVP at 30letters30days.com. All right, tonight's letter, letter number 17. Baruch Hashem Chof Zion Tevis Tov Shin Tes Vav Brooklyn Shalom Uvracha. This letter is from the 27th day of the Hebrew month of Tevis. Shalom Uvracha means the Rebbe is writing to a man. Okay. La Achre Shesikose Habilti Muvenis Gam Ata. Whoa. After 
a silence which is still not understood. <laughs> We've had this before where the Rebbe tells people, you got to write more often. Uh, why haven't I been hearing from you? What's going on? Why the delay? So <laughs> the Rebbe opens the letter saying, after a silence, which I still don't understand, like why you weren't writing for so long, I don't understand. But after that long silence, Niskabel Kedish, I got your letter from Matzah Shabbos. Bei Kaysef, and in your letter you write, you recognize the need to take part in Chabad activities. The expression here is Kerem Chabad, the vineyard of Chabad. But that means in Chabad activities, which means here the outreach activities, meaning as distinct from the Aveda of Chabad, the personal work and self-development. But here it's a, an allusion or a reference to activist type things like uh, teaching Torah and helping Jews to do mitzvahs and uh, to identify Jewishly, that kind of stuff. Okay. And just to remind you all, (laughs) you're reading this letter in 2022, but this is written in 1955. So when we talk about Chabad activities, and this is pertinent to the content of the letter, you're thinking about it from a perspective of hindsight where so much programming is already known and famous and has a reputation. We know about the activities of Chabad because it's been going on for decades now. But this is in 1955, okay? So this is in the the very uh, early years of the Rebbe's Nesias and Chabad activities as we and the whole world have come to know them, okay? And that's pertinent to the context of the letter, as, as you will see. Okay, so you say to me that you know that it's important that you should be involved in Chabad activities. V'shoyal, and you ask, Eich lahaschil. How and in what should you get started? Ve'en you don't have a, a suggestion, you don't have an idea how to go about that. Okay, it's a very nice question. Somebody's writing to the Rebbe and saying, I know... That uh, the Rebbe has certain things that he wants to accomplish, and that these are important things for the Jewish people. And I realize that it's important for me to get involved in it. Um, but I don't know what am I supposed to do. I don't know, tell me where am I supposed to start. The Rebbe, could you give me some instructions? Like, tell me if if you want me to get involved, I'm ready to get involved. But like, give me give me a list of items that I'm supposed to go uh, get get started on. Watch what the Rebbe says. It's understood. That when we're talking about such things, the way that you should get to work and the, the nature of the work itself is going to be dependent on the circumstances of the place. It has to fit where you are. I don't know where this person is, where he's writing from. I mean, it's clear from the next line that they're from another country, not from the United States. But the Rebbe is saying, wherever you're writing from, the way in which you engage in these outreach activities has to be culturally appropriate. It has to make sense for the people that you're working with. It has to, you have to look around at what the needs are and assess what would be the right way to go about it. So the Rebbe says, therefore, 
automatically. Consequently, Pella, it's it's unthinkable. It's a wonder. How could you ask me such a thing from overseas? In other words, <laughs> the Rebbe says, I'm not there. You're there. <laughs> You're asking me how to get started? You're the one to answer that question. You're the Ish Al-Asar. You're the guy in the location. Figure it out. You're the one who's best suited to figure out how to get started in Chabad activities in your place. I think this is a very important concept for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Um, maybe I'll start with the most particular and then I'll go to the more general. I think it's important also uh, in, the, in the particular regarding the history and the, the evolution, the development of, of Chabad activities. Like I said earlier, we're looking at it from a hindsight is 2020 perspective. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is while the Mivtsoyim, the 10 Mivtsoyim, and if you're interested in these 10 Mivtsoyim or 10 Mitzvah campaigns, I actually did an entire series on them last year as a part of my work here in, uh, in the Five Towns, at Chabad of the Five Towns. We had a series on the 10 Mivtsoyim, and all of those classes are on Soul Words. Dot org, and I believe they're also on uh, the Soul Words YouTube channel. And I believe they're also on Torah Anytime. So, uh, and on all of our podcast platforms. So it shouldn't be hard to find, but we did a series on each of the 10 mitzvah campaigns. Those were initiated by the Rebbe, and the Rebbe brought them out at different times, at different junctures, and explained what the nature of that mitzvah campaign is, what the parameters are, and, and, and the reason why it's important right now. But then you should also understand that there were thir- certain things that were what we'll call an isrusa de la sato, that it came from chsidim. I'll give you some examples, and I, and I certainly don't think this is an exhaustive list, but these are just things that came to mind. Mitzvah tanks. You think about Chabad outreach activities. You think about those RVs. <laughs> <laughs> the little Lubavitcher kids in Crown Heights, they don't know they're called RVs. They think they're called tanks, by the way. If you ever hear a Lubavitcher kid saying, oh, we should rent a tank, he doesn't mean like a military tank. He means an RV. Um, but you've seen those RVs parked in Manhattan or wherever. Um, that's something that came from Chassidim and that Rebbe acknowledged and encouraged. And uh, obviously, once it had the Rebbe's encouragement, then the, the, the Chassidim doubled down on it. Um, Chabad houses, the idea of a Chabad house, that, that, that's something that came from Chassidim and that the Rebbe encouraged and uh, gave his blessing to. Um, public menorah lightings, that was something originally that came from Chassidim and then was, was uh, encouraged by the Rebbe. So there were different things that we think of as like totally enshrined as archetypical Chabad activities. Some of them were instituted by the Rebbe some of them were things that Chassidim figured out on their own were good uh, activities to be involved in. And, and then the Rebbe acknowledged it or even um, publicly spoke about it, encouraged others to, to follow suit. So it's important to understand that when somebody's writing to the Rebbe in 1955 and saying, I want to get involved. Okay, so first of all, this is before the Ten Miftoim, but 
secondly, um, even in 1955, there's a certain amount of creativity and initiative and ingenuity that the Rebbe expects his chassidim to engage in. Okay, one of my favorite stories of Shlichus, really one of my favorite stories about the Rebbe, uh, of, of, of all, of all the stories. Um, and it's not a miracle story, and it's not a Ruch HaKedush story, although there are plenty of such stories. It's, I'll, I'll tell it to you. Um, Nachman Sudek, who was uh, a shliach in London, England, and a shliach who I met a few times. Um, I spent some time with him on some of my trips to uh, England, some of my speaking trips uh, to London, and uh, he was just a, a very... I would just say uh, 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 the type of a, a, a role model, uh, a, a chassid, you, you, you like to watch and you look at him and you feel inspired, like this is the way I'd like to be when I grow up, you know? He was that kind of person. And very humble, soft-spoken, um, and tremendously devoted to the Rebbe. So the story that I just love about the uh, Nachman Sudak, Allah Shalom, is when he went on Shluchis, this was he was one of the first Shluchim, and this was in the 1950s, okay? In the 1950s, how many Shluchim already uh, had gone out? And uh, he was learning in 770, and he wanted to go on Shluchis, and he had, he had expressed his willingness to join the Rebbe's army. Uh, he told Rebbe Chadukov, the chief secretary, and there was sort of like this back and forth, sort of like checking in process of like, uh, am I ready yet? Is the Rebbe going to send me yet? And there would be like this discussion internally, and then Rabbi Chadukov would inform Rabbi Sudak, uh, it's not the time yet. I think he would tell gay learning, you know, go back to your, your bench in yeshiva in 770 and continue continue studying. And then finally it came, and there, there were, there were there's a whole long story. He suggested him different places like, like Turkey. And uh, he said, okay, why not Turkey? What, do you know anything about Turkey? No, nah, I don't know. Anything. Whatever. He sent me to Turkey. I'll go to Turkey. In the end, in the end, um, the Rebbe sent Nachman Sudak to London, England, where it's also where he, he got married as well. Um, so he's going to London for life. Okay. He just signed away his name on the dotted line. That's it. It's, it's, it's a one-way ticket. Okay, I'm signing up for life. The Rebbe Shliach, the Rebbe sending me. I, like I told you, the, the, the one suggestion was to go to Turkey. He, he didn't know what Turkey was. He just said, fine, you send me to Turkey, I'll go to Turkey. Okay, in the end it was London. Fine, send me to London, go to London, fine. He's ready. Kabbalah soil, Nasev and Ishma. I'm signing up, I'm going. One-way ticket, okay. Now, in the Yechidus, Rabbi Sodak asks the Rebbe a very sensible question. By the way, when I get to London as, as, as a shliach, what do I do there? <laughs> I, love, I love that question because you understand that's the real Nasev Inishma. Nasev Inishma means I'm ready to commit to doing before I've even heard what it is that I need to do, what I've committed to. He was ready to sign his life away to Shlichus, not knowing what it entailed. He just knew it was something that I wanted, which is so beautiful to me. Now, a beautiful question deserves a beautiful answer. And this beautiful question has a beautiful answer. 
You know what the Rebbe told young Rabbi Sudak? He told him, there are thousands of things to do. Toisen tazachen, thousands of things to do. Go there, keep your eyes open, look around, write in Haduch, write your reports to me, and keep your eyes open, and you will see thousands of things to do. You see, in my humble opinion, if the Rebbe would have given Rabbi Sodak a list of things to do when he got to London, it would have only limited the number of things that Rabbi Sodak would be able to do. Instead of giving a list, the Rebbe gave Rabbi Sudak eyes. Look around, keep your eyes open. You will see thousands of things to do. And that's a real educator. And, I, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, especially when we're learning Igris. The Rebbe didn't tell us what to think. The Rebbe taught us how to think. That's what it means to give somebody eyes, is to teach them how to think. Teaching somebody how to look around and notice what needs to be done. So if I tell you, do this, do this, do this. Okay, so check off the list. I did this, I did this. Now what? Now I'm sitting here, I have nothing to do. Rebbe, give me another job to do. You know what? I can't constantly tell you what to do. Open your eyes. Figure it out. And you're going to see thousands of things to do. Now, I said to you on a very general level, also I wanted to remark about why I think this is such an important idea. People talk a lot about Chav Ches Nissen, where the Rebbe said, uh, I'm giving it over to you, I've done everything I can. And uh, I've long thought that if you're really, really intellectually honest about what the Rebbe said at the first official Fabrengen, Yud Shvat, Tavshin Yud Aleph, you can't be that shocked by Chav Ches Nissen, Tavshin Yud Aleph. Because the Rebbe said from day one, Sidim Zolan Alein Ton. Yeah, I'll lead, I'll set the tone, I'll encourage, but you guys got to do the work. And not only you got to do the work, but you got to use your head. And I can't be the only one who cares enough to see what needs to be done. You have to care enough that you're going to notice something that needs to be done. The mommies out there know what I'm talking about when the kids say, clean the house, what needs cleaning? For goodness sake, should I tell you, go pick up the jacket, go put away the toy. I, I shouldn't have to tell you every item that needs to be picked up and cleaned up. If you care about this house, you're going to open your eyes and you're going to see what needs to be done. So I have to tell you, there's a Jew who lives on your block who didn't put on filling this morning. Come on, open your eyes, figure it out. There are Jews who are not going to eat matzah on Pesach night. Figure it out. How to get it to them? I don't know. You'll figure it out. Bring it to their house. Bring them to your house. Use your brain. And that's what this, this letter from the Rebbe is about to say. That I can't spoon feed you. You want to take part in Chabad activities, then you're going to have to care enough about it to start figuring out what needs to be done.
let's let's jump back inside here. Utmia. It is astounding to me. Shitzorich lahazkira ula eider. Albir kveid kedushis medi vechomi admur bahadiak debitui rezal oisik batoida oisik ba mitzvah. It's astounding that I need to mention, that I need to invoke the explanation that my father in law, the Rebbe, gave about the expression, the turn of phrase often employed by our sages, one who is occupied in Torah, one who is occupied in mitzvahs. What did the Friedrich Rebbe say about this expression? The fact that our sages describe somebody who learns Torah as oisik batayra, or someone who's doing a mitzvah, someone who's oisik b'mitzvah. Oisik is like the word asik, which means business. So the Rebbe says, yeah, take that's what my father-in-law said, that you got to treat it like a business. Shahu kanhogus asik. It's like a business. She'ein bal asik yoishiv becheder lifnim mecheder. A businessman, someone who runs a store, someone who has a, a, an, an enterprise, an entrepreneur, doesn't sit in some inner room umechake and wait around ad shiyave mishahu until someone will come to him, the Yemalai, and say to him, that he's interested in doing business with him. That's not how it works. If you're in business, you don't sit in an inner room and wait for customers to figure out where you are and come find you. If you're in business, you go out and find customers. Either you're networking and you're talking to people. Do you know anyone who needs what I'm selling? Or you're advertising, you, you, you hire a marketing guy. But if you're in business, you're not passive. If you're in business, you go out and you find something to, 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 to do. Well, that's the same thing with, with spiritual activism. You got to treat it like a business. Don't sit around and say, well, if somebody mentions to me they didn't put on tefillin today, so I'll go get my tefillin. Get your tefillin, go to the park, stand on a bench, and start asking people. I'm not literally saying that that's the instructions. What I'm saying is if that's what it takes, if that's the place where you are, and that's how you're going to be able to help Yidin, so that's what you got to figure out how to do, okay? All right, let's continue. Ela Adarabba, to the contrary. Hu heilech mechapes bechipos achachipos. He goes out and he searches, are there people who need what he wants, who, what he has to sell? He goes out and he convinces people why what he's selling is good for them. He doesn't wait. He goes out and he says to somebody, excuse me. Could I interest you in this product? Could I tell you about how it will improve your life? The same thing has to be with, with your Yiddishkeit, with your Jewish activism. If you would be as interested, meaning take as much care and concern, 
with your Jewish activism as you would be with a literal business where you're making money. In other words, something that only your body benefits from. Think about it. How much care and concern you're going to put into something where the only thing you stand to gain is making money, which is a benefit for you physically. Now contrast that with something that's going to be good for you materially and spiritually. How much more so that you should take interest and be a go-getter? So if you put in that much work that you put you would put into a material parnosa, into your spiritual parnosa, I should mention that expression, spiritual parnosa is a common expression. Parnosa ruchni. The common expression of this. You should look in the Hayyem Yem. I don't have time right now to learn it inside, but Yud Dalad Cheshvin. There's a Hayyem Yem that Rebbe wrote a Sefer Hayyem Yem of collections of daily sayings. So Yud Dalad Cheshvin talks about going out and finding your Parnosa Ruchni. It's not just the Parnosa Gashmi, the, 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 the means through which your material livelihood comes to you. There's also such, such a thing called your spiritual livelihood. So the Rebbe is saying you got to be a go getter, you got to go seek it out. So, your material livelihood only benefits your body. And think how hard you work for that. Now, think how hard you should work for your spiritual parnosa, which benefits both your spiritual and material life, your soul and your body. Okay? And this is similar to what we spoke about last night, by the way, that there's no contradiction or division or dichotomy between the spiritual and the material. Okay, let's continue. Especially we're getting close to the 10th day of the 11th month, that means Yud Shvat, which is the Yem Hilula, your site of the Rebbe's Rebbe. On the day of the yard site, the Neshama of the one whose yard site is that day goes from a high world to an even higher world. Or like our sages say, that the righteous have no rest in the world to come because they're constantly progressing from one plane to an even higher plane in paradise. So being that the day of Yud is coming and the Friedrich Rebbe is about to have an aliyah. Okay, what does this mean? Therefore, everyone who has a relationship with him is also drawing down this aliyah. In other words, when the Rebbe that you're connected to has an aliyah on his yard site, it's giving you a spiritual boost as well. So the Rebbe is writing to this person who apparently had a connection to the Fidik Rebbe and is saying to him, guy, you got to get busy. And you want to know something? It's a good time to get busy because you're about to have a spiritual boost and be drawn to a higher level with the Fiat Rebbe when he has his aliyah on Yud Shvat on his yard site. But listen, you got to make vessels to be able to contain that spiritual boost. The spiritual boost is coming. but You got to make vessels to hold on to it. And that means you've got to actually put in your effort that that spiritual boost should translate into your thought, speech, and action. In other words, there can be this energy that's in the air, but your antenna, so to speak, isn't picking up on it. 
You know, there's the Wi-Fi, but uh, you, don't, you, you don't know the password, right? So you've got to do your part that when there's this spiritual aliyah, when there's this boost of energy, when the tzaddik has his yard site, that you've got to do your ishtadlis, you've got to put forth your effort so that it will affect you on a conscious level, meaning thought, speech, and action. <laughs> and I said thought, speech, and action, but the main thing I want to underline is action. The main thing is the action. Kizeho iker. Hayem la Hayem la is a rabbinic uh, turn of phrase, meaning um, this world or the world as we know it in its pre-messianic, pre-perfected state. And that before the perfection of the world, the main thing is action. Right now is about being active because we have work to do. And after the work is done, ah, then our main occupation will shift. And then, like Rambam explains about the Messianic era, then our work is over and it's more about basking in divine knowledge and we're, we'll, we'll have a, 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 an existence where we're not toiling to perfect the world anymore, we're sort of just enjoying the, the, the spiritual bliss of a world which is already perfected. So this is what the Rebbe says here. Especially because it's coming very soon, days of which it is said, and the Rebbe doesn't fill in the words. The Rebbe says, Chulu, etc. Um, it's a reference to a Gemara in Shabbos, which the Rebbe says, is Shabbos Kufnun Aleph Omen Base, Ein Shom Bepirish Rashi. And the Rebbe gives some other matter. Mekemis Berambam Hilchas Chuva Perikhes and Tes Vasev Hilchas Malochim Avedas Hakedish Chelik Beis Periglud Ilamid Ches. He get a Hakedish. That means of Tanya Seif Simin Chavava Eid Ve'Ein Kan Mekeme. This is not the place, but the Rebbe told him go look up those sources. Just because we're short on time, I'll tell you very briefly the 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 source in Shabbos that the Rebbe truncates and doesn't want to say the full words. It's because the words themselves, taken alone, could be. I think uh, that's the way the, the reason that Rebbe doesn't say it here could be taken as a negative thing. This is uh, Shlema Melech speaking in Kehelis. A lot of Kehelis speaks in a sort of, I would say, a tone that could sound cynical. And he refers to the Yomim or the Shonim, that I don't want, that I have no desire for. And the Gemara and Shabbos, uh, we see a Kufnun Aleph Omid Beis. Uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says that means Yemesa Mashiach. And what does it mean? It means that in the times of Mashiach, meaning this world after its perfection and refinement, there's nothing, there's nothing anymore to do. There's no way to incur any more merit because everything's done. And so the Rebbe is saying, listen, very soon everything's going to be done and you're going to lose out on the opportunity to have taken part in it. So, you know, get to work and, and urgently. Hashem should give you the merit to be able to report good tidings in all of the above. In other words, write to me and let me know about some of the creative stuff that you were able to innovate in how to help Jews in your area. Basically what the Rebbe is saying. Uh, yeah. What I'm telling you, so this is, by the way, very important, because 
sometimes the Rebbe tells something to somebody and what the Rebbe is telling them is only for them. And you have to be careful about that. Who says the Rebbe would tell anybody else to do this? The Rebbe says here explicitly, this, what I'm telling you, is applicable to all the chassidim. Kol echad v'achas, which means men and women. So, Also, not just Anash, not just the chassidim, but anyone who has the ability to do, it, to do anything here. Why? Why, is, why does this apply to everybody who has the, an ability to do something here? Because now more than ever in this generation, this kind of work is a chayvis gavra. The Rebbe says specifically, meaning it's not only in this generation, but especially nowadays, it's a, it's a chayvis gavra. We've had that expression before in an earlier letter. It means a mitzvah that it's, some mitzvahs, it's a mitzvah that the thing should be done. It doesn't mean I have to do it. Okay, like I, I gave you an example, I think last time we spoke about it, like a mezuzah. The house has to have, if there has certain doorways that are chayev in mezuzah, according to the parameters of Hilchus mezuzah. So that doorway needs the mezuzah. doesn't mean that I need to have a doorway that has a mezuzah. It's like if, and, and what if I live in a car? What if I live in a mitzvah tank? <laughs> okay, that's a shyla actually. But, uh, you know, what, what if I rent a different hotel room every night? So I don't have a mezuzah, right? So it's not a chayvus gavra. I don't have to go out and, and, and get a mezuzah. Right, but putting on tefillin, that's a chayvus gavra. I have to put on tefillin. I'm I'm the one who has to make sure that tefillin goes on me. Okay, so being involved in Jewish outreach is a chayvus gavra. In other words, it's not that it's something that has to get done, and however gets it get however it gets done by whomever gets it done, as long as it gets done. No. You have to be the one, or you have to be one of the ones who gets it done. It's a chayvis gavra. You have to do it. It's not enough to say, "Oh, thank God, I showed up and it was already done." No, no, no. And if and if and if that's the case, you showed up and somebody already put tefillin on the guy. So then you still have a chayvis gavra to go find somebody else to put tefillin on, or it's some other mitzvah. Okay. With blessings for good news in all of the above. And that's our letter for tonight. Mazel tov again label.